0: everyone welcome to tribe talk Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City this weekend great to have you with us as we talk baseball on the radio taking you into the day baseball in Kansas City on Saturday afternoon if you're tuning in then also some Sunday afternoon baseball from KC as well as the Indians are in the midst of a five-game road swing coming up on this week's show we'll have a, a great look back at an historic day at progressive field last Saturday The unveiling of a statue commemorating Frank Robinson as the first African-American manager in Major League Baseball history for the Cleveland Indians back in 1975. We'll also visit with Corey Kluber, who returned to the mound this week for the Tribe after missing about a month with a lower back issue. And wow, was he outstanding against Oakland on Thursday with six scoreless innings, two hits allowed, and 10 strikeouts. Kluber, just tremendous. We'll also take a look at the week gone by. That comes your way when we return as Tribe Talk gets rolling on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. <music> Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City this weekend where the Indians drop the opener of a three-game series on Friday night 4 nothing. Taking a look at our week in review, we take you back to Memorial Day Monday At progressive field, the Indians opening up a series with the Oakland Athletics, and they were off to a good start. A five to three win on Monday late afternoon. Austin Jackson got things started for the tribe in the third inning. Daniel Mangan into the wind and the pitch. Swung on, hammered, deep right field. It's got a chance, it is gone. And Austin Jackson stays on fire. A solo homer to right. His second of the year, and the Indians take a 1-0 lead here in the third on the opposite field, home run to right by Austin Jackson. Then in the fourth, Indians leading at 1-0, Carlos Santana went deep. The 3-1, swung on, and there's a high fly ball, deep right field, way back there, home run, Santana! Number six for Carlos Santana. And it's now 2-0 drive. No doubt about it. Into the lower stands and right. And the Indians now have a two-run lead. And the very next hitter was Edwin Encarnacion. Here's the 1-1. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to dead center. This has hit a ton. Davis looking up and he'll watch it go. Home run Encarnacion. Tribe, dead center into the trees for Encarnacion, his 10th of the season. Back-to-back home runs for the Indians here in the fourth inning. Still in the fourth inning, Jan Gomes came through with a big base hit. The 1-2 pitch, swung on, ground ball up the middle, on through, base hit center field. Rounding third, heading for home is Ramirez, he scores and it's another run on the board for the tribe four nothing cleveland on the rbi base hit by gomes rbi number 13 for jan gomes and while the indians were piling it up offensively carlos carrasco was dominating oakland through six the 0-1 swung on double play ball headed to short lindor runs to second steps in the bag throws to first It's an inning-ending double play, and Carrasco just continues to dominate. And Cody Allen finished things up in the ninth. Two on, two out, the pitch. Swing and a miss. Ball game. Got him on a curveball. Domes Gomes digs it out of the dirt. Throws to first to complete the game-ending strikeout. And Cody Allen has registered his 14th save, tops in the American League. The Indians win game one of this four-game series. They've knocked off the Oakland A's today by a final score of 5-3. to three. And on Tuesday, the Indians kept it rolling against the Athletics, with Oakland on top 3-0 in the fourth inning and looking to add on a key defensive play in the game involving Indians left fielder Michael Brantley. Here's the pitch to Rosales. He swings, lines it on one, hop off the glove of Lindor, out into left field. Rounding third, heading for home is Healy. The throw by Brantley's a beauty, and he got him! Perez with the tag. Healy is retired at the plate as Michael Brantley throws him out from left field. And that seemed to spark the Tribe as in the bottom half of the fourth inning, Edwin Encarnacion came through and put the Tribe on the board. Here's the 2-2. Swung on, line drive, base hit, left field. Headed for third, being waved around is Lindor. He'll score without a throw. And Encarnacion comes through. The tribe is on the board. It's now Oakland three, the Indians one. Later on in the inning, Jose Ramirez with a big double. Here comes the payoff pitch. Swung on, yanked down the line, right side. Fair ball, it rolls into the right field corner. Rounding third, heading for home is Santana. He scores. Into third goes Encarnacion. And cruising into second with an RBI double, Jose Ramirez. The Indians are to within one. It's now Oakland three, the Tribe two. And then it was the rookie, Bradley Zimmer, putting the Tribe in front. Here's the pitch from Gray. Swung on line, right field. That gets down for a base hit, Skips to the wall. One run is in. Right behind Encarnacion is Ramirez. He scores, and the Indians are in front on the two-run double from Zimmer. On to the fifth, Indians looking to tack on against Oakland. Jason Kipnis would continue a hot stretch at the plate. The right-hander back at it for Oakland, and here's his pitch to Kipnis, and he launches one high and deep right center field. Back is Davis. Home run, Kipnis. Number six for Jason Kipnis, and the Indians now lead at 5-3. And also in the fifth inning, Michael Brantley stayed hot. One and two, the count on Brantley. Here's the pitch. Swung on, line drive, base hit in the left field. Headed for third, being waved around is Lindor. Davis throws into second. Lindor scores easily. That's an RBI single for Michael Brantley. And the Indians now lead it 6-3. to Meanwhile, Trevor Bauer was on the mound for the Indians and he was racking up the strikeouts on what would be a record-setting day for him. Bauer one strike away from a new career high. 7-3 to three Indians, seventh inning. The wind, the pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him with a curve. Bauer strikes out Davis. It's a career high, 14 strikeouts for Bauer. The last nine Oakland outs have been strikeouts. Then in the eighth inning, Zimmer put the finishing touches on a solid Tribe victory. Now the set. Now the 2-2 delivery. Swung and hit a ton. Deep right field. It is way out of here. Bradley Zimmer stays on fire. A two-run home run to right and there's the blow it open blast. Bradley Zimmer with his first four RBI game in the big leagues. And in the ninth, Nick Goody finished things up for the Indians. Now this Indians pitching staff gets Corey Kluber back on Thursday and the way the starters are going here since Josh Tomlin on Sunday, look out folks, the 0-1, swung on, fouled off to the right, 0-2. Nothing against Trevor Plouffe but I feel another strikeout is coming. That's how dominant the Indians starters and bullpen have been tonight. Nothing into the count. Indians pitching tonight has recorded 18 strikeouts. Nick Goody trying to make it 19. He sets. He fires. Swing and a miss. Slider got away. Perez locates. Throws to first. Ball game. Trevor Plouffe strikes out for the fourth time. The Indians' pitcher strike out 19, and the Indians keep rolling. So a nine-to-four victory over Oakland. Then it was on to Wednesday, and the Indians were shut down by lefty Sean Manaya. He was outstanding in a three-to-one Athletics victory over the Indians. So that brought us to the homestand finale Thursday afternoon. Oakland still the opponent, and it was the return of Corey Kluber to the mound after missing a month due to lower back discomfort. And Kluber was the Corey Kluber that Indians fans have grown to enjoy over the years. Now the 0-2, swing and a miss on a curveball that ended up in the other batter's box. And Corey Kluber continues to dazzle. He's equal to season high 10 strikeouts and he's done it in six innings. One nothing Indians lead. So Kluber left after the sixth inning with only a one-nothing lead, but then a combination of the Indians offense and sloppy athletics defense helped the Indians pull away. The pitch, and it's a breaking ball off the glove of Fagley. He fires, and he bounces it to the screen for a wild pitch. Swung on, lifted in the air to a very shallow left. Canna comes charging in, and it drops a base hit! And nobody's at second, the throw, not in time. The Indians lead three to nothing. The pins to Zimmer. A swing and a shot on the ground to second. Coming home with it, Pinder for one. Throw to first by Fagley, not in time. Now coming home, trying to score Santana. Throw slide, out at the plate on a head first slide. We may have both managers challenge calls. The first baseman, Alonso started off the field toward the dugout thinking they had a double play. Indians leading this one on a wild play to force both managers to say, put those headphones on. Here are the headphones coming off. Safe at first, safe at home. The Indians win both challenges just like it looked like on the replay the 2-1 Swung on, grounded sharply to third Bobble by Healy, can't find it Everybody is safe Scoring is Ramirez Healy with his second error in the inning Now the set by Expert and the 1-2 pitch Swung on, sharply hit into left field by the diving shortstop Rosales, ball gets away from Canna, he overruns it Scoring is Kipnis, Lindor right behind him, on his way to third is Brantley Oh my goodness. Just a circus routine today for the Oakland A's defensively. Then in the ninth, the newest member of the Indians' bullpen, Danny Salazar, came on to finish things off. Danny Salazar looks pretty darn good here today. Now he's trying to finish off the Indians' sixth shutout of the year. And appropriately, it would be with a strikeout, wouldn't it? Here's the set. Here's the 2 2 pitch. Swing and a miss, struck him out, ball game. The Indians strike out 17 more Oakland A's today and record their sixth shutout of the year. And the Indians roll over the A's today by a final score of eight to nothing. Then on Friday night, it was on to Kansas City to open up that three-game weekend series with the Royals and a tough one on Friday night for the Tribe as they were shut down by Jason Vargas. And the Royals win it by a score of 4-0 to open the weekend series. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Indians pitcher Corey Kluber about his return to the mound. That's coming your way shortly as Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhaus, back with you from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. Indians in the midst of a three-game series against the Royals here this weekend. Back home in Cleveland on Thursday, it was the return of Corey Kluber. The Indians' ace starting pitcher had missed a month with lower back discomfort, but man, did he return in a big way on Thursday. Six scoreless innings, allowing two hits, and striking out 10. We had a chance to visit with Kluber on Friday afternoon here in Kansas City. And we asked him, after not appearing in a major league game for quite some time, was there any apprehension on his part going in? And if so, how did he get past that?
1: Not really. I mean, I think that that's part of the whole meeting different guidelines or having different steps along the way of of the rehab process so that when you do get back into a game, you know, you don't have any of those kind of lingering thoughts about whether or not you're actually ready. I mean, that's why you, you have rehab games and, you know, all the steps along the way is so that... Uh, when it does actually come time that you're ready to, to pitch in a, a major league game, you know, where wins and losses count and stuff that you're not out there kind of hoping, but you know you know more so that it's, it should be okay. It seemed like your breaking stuff was absolutely tremendous. Did it feel different from, from what you were experiencing the, the first month or so of the season? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I've, the last couple weeks, uh, once I got back on the mound and the rehab game and stuff like that, I I kind of felt more like uh, the way I'm used to feeling going through my delivery and stuff. It uh, wasn't really having to kind of tweak anything to to compensate, I guess, for for what was going on. So it was, it was nice to kind of go out there and just be able to focus on pitching. And you mentioned that, and you're
0: known for pitching 200-plus innings a season, and it seems easy uh, from the outside looking at that at the end of the year. Corey Kluber just goes out and makes a start every fifth day you're not always going to feel the best, but what was different this time that where you said, Hey, you know what, the
1: trainers are asking me to take some time
0: off. I need to do
1: that. Uh, I mean, I think it was a couple things. I mean, I think first of all, um, you know, it, it got to the point where I wasn't really going out there and pitching the way that I expect myself to, and that, you know, I need to to give the team a chance to win. And, you know, I think when that when that happens, that's obviously the first sign that you need to take a step back and maybe evaluate whether or not it's, it's the right thing to do is to keep going. And then second of all, you know, I think that once you start having to to change things in your delivery and stuff to compensate for something, I think that that, that also runs the risk of maybe, you know, leading to something bigger and, you know, maybe a, a small issue that, that you know, was, was a month, month off or whatever it was, you know, Hopefully, taking that month off avoids something a lot longer. Certainly, a good characteristic of this team
0: a year ago was being able to pick each other up when there was an injury, and certainly the
1: addition of Mike Clevenger has been a real boost. And, and what did you see from the rotation while you were gone? That's real encouraging now and moving forward. Yeah, I, th- I think guys have, have started to to put together more more consistently quality starts. Um, you know, I think that we everybody had good starts throughout the first month, month and a half, but it was kind of sporadic. We never really strung any together. And so I think that's, that's tough to get any momentum going, both from a, from a staff standpoint and from a team standpoint, when you can't really, you know, string good starts together. But I think we've, we've done that the last couple weeks. And, you know, I think that, that hopefully that, that continues and we can kind of build on that momentum of, of, you know, one good start after another. And obviously, you know, Bad starts bound to happen, you know, throughout the course of the year. Nobody's going to make a good start every time. But, you know, I think the, the more we start to pile those up, I think the the better baseball you'll start to see us play. Uh, nice going yesterday. Great to see you back out there. Thanks. Thank you.
0: That's Indian starting pitcher Corey Kluber. Great to have him back on the mound. And the starting rotation as a whole responded while he was out and seems to be getting stronger as the season goes along, and certainly he'll be a big part of that. Stay tuned, more to come as Tribe Talk continues from Kansas City after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Kansas City's Kauffman Stadium. Indians and the Royals meeting this weekend here in KC. Back in Cleveland last weekend, what a great day Saturday was as the Indians unveiled a new statue in Heritage Park commemorating Frank Robinson as the first African-American manager in Major League Baseball. That happened with the Indians back in 1975. A tremendous ceremony took place on a beautiful Saturday late afternoon. And we begin with some of the opening remarks from my broadcast partner, Tom Hamilton, about Frank Robinson. And then we'll hear some, some of the remarks from the speakers who are on hand talking about Frank Robinson. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to another very special day here at Progressive Field. It is most fitting that we gather today here at Heritage Park, a place where we celebrate our rich baseball history, honor excellence in an Indian's uniform, and embrace the many memorable moments that this franchise's 118 years in the American League has given us. And today it is a time for reflection and a time to celebrate. Considered long overdue by then Commissioner Bowie Kuhn, the hiring of the first African-American manager in baseball history is a point of pride for all connected with the game of baseball. When Frank Robinson was officially announced as player manager of the Indians, another significant barrier was broken and right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Few players in Major League Baseball history can match the accomplishments of Frank Robinson. In 21 seasons, Frank earned the Rookie of the Year honors in 1956, two most valuable player awards, 12 all-star selections, hit his way to the rare triple crown, and became a member of the 500 home run club. Simply put, Frank Robinson is one of the all-time baseball greats. And now it is time for us to hear from some of our special guests today, and our lead off hitter,
2: please welcome Indians owner Paul Dolan. As Clevelanders and Americans, we are all part of this great American struggle to live up to our founding principle that all men are created equal. We have much more to go in this journey, but it is a source of pride that some big steps forward have been taken here in Cleveland. Frank. In your Hall of Fame induction speech, you concluded with a series of thank yous. You thanked your wife, Barbara. You thanked your late mother. You thanked Jackie Robinson, Roy Campanella, and all the African-American ballplayers like Cleveland's own Larry Doby, who made the road easier for you. Please know, and I hope you do, that there are a number of generations of ballplayers and managers who thank you for making the road easier for those who dreamed of becoming a leader of a baseball team. Legendary baseball executive Lee McPhail was quoted as saying, the impact of Frank Robinson being named manager of the Cleveland Indians, the first black manager in major league history is second in importance only to Jackie Robinson's entry into baseball in 1947. We could not agree more. It is fitting on this weekend of national remembrance We have the honor to recognize this great moment in baseball history and the man who made it happen. From all of us connected with the Cleveland Indians organization and our fans everywhere, thank you Frank Robinson and congratulations. Thank
0: you Paul. Now please welcome former National League president Mr. Len Coleman. Now a true fan favorite when he played here for the Indians and now with his television work and of course played for Frank Robinson, Rick Manning, aren't you? When I made that team, I knew what a great player you were. I never realized, you know, what kind of manager you would be. But I, I got to tell you, it was—you uh, managed the game the same way you played the game. It was hard. Uh, you played it to win. You taught uh, a lot of the kids the right way to play this game. And, and I'll never forget the one time you called me into your office in All-Star break at 75 and asked me, "Would you be interested in playing center field?" I said, "Absolutely." After that, I played the second half. The next year, in 1976, I ended up winning the Gold Glove. So you made me thrilled to death because I played a position I've never played before and had an opportunity to win the Gold Glove and took it from there and had a lot of fun after that. But I just want to congratulate you for this day. Thank you for showing us the way and paving the way for a lot of us ballplayers here. Congratulations. Thank you. As we mentioned before, certainly one of the greatest players in the history of the game. We'll never see another one quite like him. And what a thrill to have him back here in Cleveland. Folks, please welcome Hank Aaron.
3: Thank you very much. Many of you noticed that uh, I kind of hopped up to the microphone here, and that's because many years ago my wife told me if I had hit one more home run, I wouldn't have broken my leg. I'd have been safe. But I try to do the best I can. Frank, Michelle, and to the Robinsons, and to all of the people who are instrumental in making this award possible. Let me just say a a few words, because today is Frank Robertson and the Robertson Day. This is not anybody else's day but Frank. I remember so well my first year over here, Frank. I believe we played you guys, and that was your first game that you managed for the Cleveland Indians. And I was... um, And I was playing with the Milwaukee Brewers at the time. And I remember one or two players telling me that, uh, you know, um, it's a certain way that you have to pitch to Frank. I said, yeah. I said, hold the ball and pray. (laughs) That's the most important thing. But Frank, you and I have so much in common. You and I went into the Hall of Fame together. I mean, I I, I felt like it was was a given. And the other thing was, is that the one thing that you did that I've always felt that out of my 23 years that I played baseball, that forsaken me, that I didn't do, I came very close three occasions, and that is winning the triple crown. You did it, I think, I don't know what club you was on, but but you did it, and, and did it with ease. I should have done it at least three or four times, you know, brother. Really. But I, I, I want to say that you, you was absolutely magnificent in your career. I remember after we were inducted into the Hall of Fame, of course, you and I and Michelle and Barbara, we got to be very, very good friends. And there were certain things in your mind that you really wanted to do. You wanted to see more blacks in baseball. You wanted to see more black managers. And you worked very hard for that. And you still working very hard for that. But I just want to say that continue to work, continue to do the things that you know that you can do. And one day, all of this will come fruitful. Again, I'd like to say thank you. I want to thank the Cleveland Indians for all that they've done, and to make this day a Frank Robinson day is truly a wonderful day. Thanks, all of you, and may God bless each and every one of you. Thank you.
0: That's right, the great Hank Aaron, the greatest home run hitter of all time, in many people's opinions still, regardless of what has happened since, but certainly one of the greats of his or any era of baseball on hand as well to honor Frank Robinson. And up next, we'll hear from the man himself, Frank Robinson, after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. (music) Welcome back to Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Kansas City's Kauffman Stadium. Great to have you with us. And we continue our look back at last weekend at Progressive Field when the Indians honored Frank Robinson as the first African-American manager in Major League history. He did it for the Indians in 1975. After the ceremony and the game began, we had the privilege of having Frank Robinson stop by the broadcast booth during the course of the ball game. And he talked with Tom Hamilton about what a great day it was on Saturday. We are pleased to be joined by the incomparable Hall of Famer Frank Robinson, who today the statue was unveiled here at Heritage Park. Of course, Frank played for the Indians and became the first Afro-American to be a manager in the big leagues with the Tribe back in 1975. Frank, what an honor it is to have you here, and congratulations. What a great day for Cleveland.
4: Well, thank you for having me here, and uh, it was a great day for Frank Robinson. I thank the people of of Cleveland, the fans, the front office, ownership, and all those people for really doing this for me and my family, and I feel real grateful.
0: Well, it's much deserved. Is it strange to look at a statue
4: of yourself? <laughs> I don't really look at it. <laughs> I seriously, I don't. I don't really look at it. <clears throat> and this is why I had my daughter take over and see it through to completion, and because I didn't want to see it. This first time I saw so a picture of it, anything.
0: Yeah. Did you like it?
4: I like it. it was very good. Very nicely done. Uh, my legs were not that big. Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Frank, and of course, that first game opening day in Cleveland, as everyone knows, you hit a home run. I mean, you'd done so much in the game by that point as a player, but obviously now being a player manager,
4: were you nervous at all for that game? I'm always nervous the first at bat of the season. And I was very nervous with that at that. And it was about 150 uh, photographers around home plate. You know, it wasn't very much room yeah. either. And I had to step over them to get from on deck circles to home plate. And uh, the first two pitches. So they're
0: out on the field, actually. Yeah,
4: yeah. And the first pitch to Doc Medic, umpire called it a strike. I thought it was low. <clears throat> Next pitch, I fouled it off, strike two, 0 oh 2. So. Now he side him, he was a slider, and I just barely fouled it off. And I stepped out and I said, <coughs> "You know, this guy didn't read the paper today. This is my day. <laughs> I'm making history here. And he's trying to embarrass me in front of my fans and all that stuff. And it, it, it's—I think I was in a fog because I think it woke me up. So <coughs> the next pitch to was another slider. And I went out and got it and hooked it and hit it over the fence and right, left center field. I didn't know if it was going to be high enough. And if you see the, uh, the run in the film, I stumbled twice. Did you? Oh, I almost fell on my face twice <laughs> watching the ball. And, and over the municipal stadium, the foul line, and the, starting for a drop-off on of the line right now was only about a foot wide. Yeah, And as I was watching, I went, <laughs> I said, wouldn't that, that later on? I said, wouldn't that have been great if you'd have fell flat on your face? But uh, I got lucky because I wasn't—I wouldn't, wouldn't have put myself in the lineup and Phil Seger asked me to put myself in. Because when I was leaving his office that morning, he said, are "You, are you in the lineup?" I said, "I don't know. I hadn't thought about that." Gotta get downstairs and see. He says, "You always do something very special on big occasions. I think you should put yourself in the lineup."
0: How about that?
4: So I spent about an hour trying to figure out where I could hide me in the lineup. So I said, well, and I finally settled on second place because I said, if I hit second, there's a man at second base, nobody out, I can move him over. and The fans will go crazy. <laughs> and if there's a man at third, if I can get him in, they said, man, that guy plays good baseball. So I put myself in second, and that's the way it happened.
0: Wow. We are joined by the Hall of Famer Frank Robinson here in the top of the third inning. Frank, when you think back to it now, I mean, it's hard to fathom anybody being a player-manager anymore because how do you focus on hitting and everything
4: and then be thinking about moves? Well, it was hard then because I told Phil I don't want to be a player-manager. I said, it's hard enough playing this game. You know, it's hard mm-hmm. enough managing one or the other without trying to do them both. But he left it up to me and says, take it or leave it. We want you to be player-manager. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And I said, but I wanna, I'm want i going to handle Frank Robinson the way any other manager would. I said, I'm going to play the players that I feel like should be playing and whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm going to manage the team. And he said, okay. So that's the way it went about. But it's... it's It's very difficult. Yeah. Very difficult.
0: Daniel Robertson bunts third base side. Charged by Moustakis. Can't make the bare hand grab. Base hit for Daniel Robertson to start this Indians third inning. And, Frank, we were talking between innings. Those are the kind of plays you still enjoy seeing too, right? With a guy like a Robertson, lay a bunt down. Take what the guy gives you.
4: Thank you. And you don't see enough of that. And that's why you can see all these crazy defenses. And I just don't understand why players today allow a third baseman to be at shortstop right by second base. The other three infields over here and one in the outfield. And all this left side of the field is open. And they won't bunt the ball or punch it over there. I don't understand that.
0: Frank, had teams played you that way, you, you would have just hit the ball the other way, weren't right? it? I mean, you
4: take what they give you. And sure enough, yes, I would have. I would, I would not let them take hits away from me on that side of the field. And then leave that all open. No, I'd do it. And whether the manager said do it or not, I wouldn't do it. I would do it. Just like with Earl Weaver. Earl Weaver hated the bunt. He hated the bunt, even the sacrifice. And uh, he told Brooks, myself, Boo, uh uh, don't even hit behind the run in second base with nobody out. Really? So, yeah, that's right. So I, I talked to the two of them. I said, look, I said, if that's what the situation calls for a bunt, or hit behind the runner at second base with nobody, do it. I said, what is he going to do, tell us to take it back? <laughs> you know? And we did it when we knew that was the thing to do.
0: How did that go over with Earl?
4: didn't go over well, <laughs> but I said, oh, sorry, Earl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was Earl a hard guy to play for? No. Right?
4: He no, was a very easy guy to play for because all he wanted you to do was do the best you possibly can do. And get the best out of you and uh, he was he would remind you when you messed up but uh, he didn't hold any grudges none but uh, he was easy to play for.
0: To see the great Hank Aaron come into town for your ceremony and and you think back to those 60s National League all-star teams Frank just having you and Hank Aaron at the same place today I mean my gosh, we're talking about two of the greatest
4: players that ever lived. We've become real good friends. Our families of uh, very friendly with each other. So when I asked him would he come, my daughter did. I did. And he said, I'd be glad to. It's good to see him. I know physically he's not really top shelf. But he came, and I'm really happy that he did because when he calls me and wants me to come somewhere, I go. And uh, I do it for him because it's an honor to be around for me to be around him, it really is.
0: When you guys are playing, do you realize how good the other guy is? Whether it's Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente, and I'm just talking about outfielders. Oh
4: yeah, yeah. oh absolutely. Because when we played Milwaukee, if Hank hit a home run, I wanted to hit a home run. <laughs> if he hit a triple, a driving run, I wanted to do it. So it was like a friendly. Uh, contests but not really knowing each other's knowing it but we try to do outdo each other yeah well, absolutely and I think that he would bring the best out of me and hopefully I brought the best out of him
0: man well and I know how proud you are of the Afro-Americans that came up before you yeah. including Larry Doby right here in Cleveland and those that have followed and and I know you're still concerned about we need more young African-American kids to play this great game.
4: We do, and it's very difficult to get them out today because there's not enough <clears throat> instructors today to be able to get up their free time and deal with kids or teach kids. It, and the playgrounds are no longer a playground now. It's mm-hmm. high schools and of uh, travel travel ball. But you got to pay to play travel yep. ball. Are you get me.
0: Well, Frank, we can't thank you enough for coming here. Thank you for the memories that you've given all of us. My pleasure. Thank and you, what an incredible life. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, there was a fantastic visit from Frank Robinson to the broadcast booth during last Saturday's game, talking about the statue unveiling, a great statue now in Heritage Park at Progressive Field commemorating Frank's First game as Indians manager and the first African-American manager in Major League Baseball. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us. And we will join you again next week. Back home, the Indians with a new homestand starting next Friday night against the White Sox. So we'll join you from Progressive Field next weekend. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. Picks to Robinson, line drive to left field, well back, it is gone! Frank Robinson just hit a home run
2: in his first at bat as the playing manager of the Indians, how about that?